0: Well, we are starting a new series this morning for uh, a number of weeks and we've called it There's Something in the Small. There's Something in the Small. And uh, I just want to start with a little story. There was a businessman who was going, uh, wanted to hold his craft, become a better leader. So he took part in a 10-week business intensive course to learn from other leaders. And at the end of each week, he sat a short exam a short exam just to see how his learning was doing. He got to the end of the 10 weeks and there was a final exam just to assess everything. And he sat down at the desk where he was taking the exam and there was just one piece of paper. And he looked over at the other piece of paper, other side of the paper and it was completely blank. And he was like, what's going on? And the teacher proceeded to say this. He says, I've taught you everything you need to know. Uh, about business for this course for this intensive but the most important message the most important question I have to ask you over this last 10 weeks of you coming in and hearing everything that I have to bring is what is the cleaner's name and uh, he didn't know he didn't know what is the cleaner's name and this had a profound impact on him And it reminded me as I read that story that we often miss the important things, the important interactions, the the, the small things that really matter. And they often happen, they they are often found in the small. Zechariah 4 verse 10 says, Do not, who dares despise the day of small things? And just to give you a bit of context on that verse, when the returned exiles of Israel began rebuilding the temple under the the leadership of uh, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, the young rejoiced and the old wept. You can read about that in the book of Ezra. Compared to Solomon's temple, uh, which the grey-haired among the people still kind of longed for and remembered and had a soft spot for, this new sanctuary was uh, just but a stump it was you know they didn't think much of it at all their dreams of the kingdom restored uh, to its former glories the way it was back in the day suddenly died in a day of small things seeing what the temple was now how small it was the people moaned and they wept in the small but the lord didn't who dares despise the day of small things. I, as a church family, if you remember back to our, our Vision Sunday, courage was one of our focuses as a church for 2021. To be courageous. And boy, if we needed courage this last season in all sorts of different ways. And I want to bring an invitation to us as a church to take courage in the small Things, Mary and I have felt the Lord speaking to us for for us as a church that what we do and what we bring really matters in all shapes and sizes. And a lot of what stops us, if we reflect, is often how we view our contribution, how uh, we view what we bring. And one of our biggest, uh, uh, one of our biggest. what am I trying to say? One of our our biggest restrictions in that is uh, thinking what we do and who we are really uh, doesn't matter in the bigger picture. That if we were uh, if we were to stop, it would make a difference. You know, we live uh, from a, a scale in a worldly sense. We look at it in a worldly sense. And we look at the a pressure pot of expectations and stress, and uh, you know we 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 carry a lot of that in the day to day. And one of the big the enemy's biggest ploys is whispering again and again to us, "What you do really doesn't matter." Is that all? It's so small and insignificant. No one would notice. If you stopped would anyone notice if you stopped or what you're doing with your life like what's going on what are you doing with your life your job isn't what it should be church hasn't met in person for 18 months Would folk really notice what you bring it's not like it was before it's not making any difference what are you doing where are you going and I think so much we can focus on the big steps, the big things in life, which is important, that we completely can completely neglect the small or we forget in God's kingdom that it's the small things that are actually often happen to be the big things. What if the Lord right now wants to resurrect our love for the small as we step out of the slog of the last 18 months? John Piper is a pastor in America, he says that we can focus too much on the big, that we neglect the love, growing our love for the small, that it can become really detrimental and unhealthy. He says we can become big dreamers, hemmed in behind and before, by a small job, small church, small town, small life, that we neglect or we become disheartened by the small job, small church, small town, small life. And I'm a a big, those of you that know me, uh, I'm a big picture, big dream kind of guy. That's how I'm wired. But as I have prayed and sought sought the Lord over this uh, last few weeks, I believe he wants to teach us and guide us around the seasons of the small. And I, I feel that the Lord is inviting us to take heart and to enter into it and to recapture it with joy. Some of us right now are maybe in a place that we feel disappointed and dejected and angry because the big hasn't come our way or it's been disappointment after disappointment. That we miss the joy and the fruit that the Lord wants to bring to us in the small. We miss what's in front of us. We miss what the Lord has mapped out for us. We miss what the Lord is doing and beginning and birthing and pioneering but we're like, oh, right now it's not all fireworks and and grand and and huge. I'm 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 stepping aside. I'm stepping back. I'm not I'm not going anymore. I'm out. Perhaps some of us are like, oh Lord, would you just do something big right now? And then I'm right back in. I just want to ask us at the very beginning, as I introduced this series, I want to. Uh, ask us what is in front of us as a church, as individuals right now. Where does God want to encourage us in the small? And actually in the starting in that, or the restarting, we will find, where will we find ourselves in the next few months? The yes in the everyday, the simple we yes in the everyday, the acts of kindness, the encouragements, the invitations, the love time with him then picking up the piece of the jigsaw that we spoke about just before the summer. The small a uh, decision to, to serve on a rota or to give or the little decisions that appear minuscule but actually make a difference in ways that we can never imagine. What have we laid down in the small this last year? because we perhaps think it isn't making a difference, it isn't making a dent, I'm not seeing fruit. I believe that this next season, that God wants to encourage us. Actually, right now, this morning, I believe by his spirit, he wants to breathe afresh on us that the small matters now more than ever. And he loves it, he loves it. We are a part of a culture where Uh, The big, the pursuit for the big can create a pressure in our lives, on our careers, in our family lives that can really destroy us. If we are not seen to be pursuing the big and operating in the big, then something is missing, something is amiss, something is lacking. We are somehow, yeah, it's, it's less. What if the Lord wants us in the small? What if the Lord wants you? right now, where you are, to really invest in and see and to ask him and to seek him for all you have with your life, to say, Lord, I wanna see where you're moving in the small things. What if the season of the small is part of something bigger somewhere or someone that is bigger than you will ever ever see or be part of, but you're called right now into the beginnings of. There's something in the small. And I believe that uh, it's out of that place that God wants to use us all and that God will move in uh, and where he sees fit, he will grow and multiply that in any way he wishes. It never goes to waste. It might not look how we dreamt it, but it never goes to waste. But it requires us to say yes. And that's what, in essence, this wee series is about. That there's something... Uh, about the small, because it seems to me there's a lot in God's word about small things, the seemingly small people, small beginnings, small decisions, small acts. And time and time again, the Lord does more. Time and time again, the Lord surprises. Time and time again, the Lord teaches and shows what the small in the world's eyes is, isn't what, uh, what small in the world's eyes is, isn't in his eyes. It isn't small in his eyes. And time and time again, he grows it into something beautiful, something miraculous. And I, I just want us, it's my heart for us this morning that we would receive that. That we would receive that. Holy Spirit, I just pray we would receive that. That, that word, that what is small in the world's eyes isn't in yours. There's something that, that God wants to remind us right now, this morning, that what we all bring matters and it is all needed more than ever. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. I want to encourage us don't even dare. Don't even dare. I want to read John 6, 1 to 14 and draw out a couple of points very quickly, and uh, then we can see what God wants to do. It's a a famous story, Jesus feeding the 5,000, and I'm going to read the verses now. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs armed by healing those who were ill. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside, sat down with his disciples, Here is a boy with sm- five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, <coughs> when they all had enough to eat. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself amen that's the word of the Lord and we pray it's a blessing to us this morning there's a i mean that's a classic sunday school story isn't it even if you didn't grow up going to sunday school most of us will have heard that story so we have the boy who presents these loaves and fishes five barley loaves two fishes this isn't even well nourished food this isn't a lot But there's four quick things about the small that I hope uh, encourages us, that I share. I hope that uh, it perhaps brings some honest assessments to bring to God this morning, to bring our hearts afresh to him. Perhaps some resurrection moments, maybe it'll encourage us into this next week. Firstly, the small never entered Philip's mind. We have Jesus having a load of people following him. As we read in chapter 6, there's quite a gathering. And Jesus asked one of his disciples, Philip, where are we going to buy bread for these folk to eat? Now, the crowd had gathered because of the signs that Jesus had performed. The miracles. We have the healing at Bethsaida in chapter 5. We have the official son at Capernaum, who uh, is is detailed in John chapter 4 as well. We have water into wine, the miraculous a sign that was uh, performed at a wedding at Cana, and Jesus knew what he was wanting to do. But in that question, I mean, there would there would have been nowhere to buy bread uh, for that amount of people. But in that question, he wanted to see where Philip was at, where his reaction came from, where it was birthed, where his answer was birthed. In verse 5, his reply says, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. This wasn't a question that a logical answer was to be given, because there wasn't one. 5,000 men, as said, actually commentators suggest it's uh, up to, well it's well over 10,000, including women and children. There was no human solution. It was a question of faith. Six months' wages was about 200 denarii, it wouldn't even be enough for, hardly enough for a bite for each of these people. There is no way, there is no way. What Philip fails to grasp, and what we fail to grasp often in these situations of human improbability, is that in the large, massive moments that we face, where we pull together the blue sky thinking, where we think of the bank numbers, where we think of the human impossibility of a scenario, that in all that, all that initial stuff, the place that our head goes first, that we forget the God who provides first and foremost, that we forget the God of miracles first and foremost, that we forget the God who simply asks little old us to show up and to hold up what is in our hands as an offering. We forget. I'm sure in all these travels Philip would have had a little lunchbox, a little prepared lunchbox for, with something to bring that he could offer perhaps. We don't know but I'm sure he would have had something, some food on his travels. The small never even entered his mind are we bypassing the small acts to the big overwhelming not possible mindset which often can land us in a place of fear and shutdown of the next step well Jesus is simply saying this morning just open out your pockets I've just got a couple of sets of keys but literally just to open out our pockets and our hearts And for Jesus just to say, do that, open out your pockets, open up your hearts and let me show you what I can do. So the small never even entered Philip's mind. Secondly, the small, I want to look at the small that was offered by the boy. We come to Andrew, another one of Jesus' disciples in verse 8. And it says he brings a boy. He brings a boy uh, with some lunch. Chapter 6, verse 8. Another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with the barley loaves and the two small fish. Who knows what happened to reach that point, Uh, but this little boy and his food ended up in this moment. And John is the the only writer, the only gospel that mentions uh, the boy. Now, we don't fully know the background or the full interactions, uh, this was perhaps this was too much for a personal meal, five loaves and two fishes. Perhaps it was for his family. Perhaps he was selling the food, going round the crowds of people and selling the food to make ends meet or to provide for his family. Uh, we don't know if he offered it, or he was just identified and then presented before Jesus. If he ran up and said, "I've got this," but he's brought forward to Jesus by Andrew. And there's a sense in Andrew's uh, decision to do this of almost saying, you know, we haven't got a solution, guys. You know, we're thinking, hey, but we have these this little boy and his loaves and fishes. And we see, actually, in the original Greek, that it is, it is, uh, it is Andrew saying this little boy with his little loaves and fishes. The word, pa- pa- padarian. This wee boy with his wee lunch. Was Andrew... Eh, perhaps presenting the ridiculousness of the situation. Here's a boy with some loaves and fishes, Jesus. It's not even a man, it's a boy. It makes it even more absurd. Here's someone so small with an offering, so small, Jesus, to this big thing that's frying my head. A little boy's offering. He takes the wee boy's lunch and he uses it. What was part of a little boy's family meal, or his little side trade for supporting the family led to thousands of being fed. There was a blog that I, I read uh, from a pastor that suggested that this was Jesus highlighting how we can often bypass children and their role in the kingdom. And I quite like that. I quite like that uh, thought. Children's readiness, their willingness, their offerings. We see uh, the disciples actually chatting in earlier uh, chapters, earlier uh, accounts of, of not presenting kids to Jesus, not allowing those interactions. Where do we bypass our children? Where do we jokingly say, oh, well, maybe the wee lad there can do it. And Jesus is saying, maybe he could. Bring him to me. Maybe he should. Maybe that little interaction is a reminder for us uh, that Jesus invites the children to come to him, that they are as part of God's kingdom as we are. I feel excited about that. There's potential. There's more right now for our younger generation. So we see the small offered by the boy. We see finally, there's only three points actually, not four. Sorry about that. Which is probably just as well because I'm probably speaking too long. Finally, the small got in to. Christ's hands. The small got into Christ's hands. There's a, a Charles Spurgeon talk on this passage, and it's titled The Lad's Loaves in the Lord's Hands. And I love that. I love that. The small got into Christ's hands. And I want to end with that. That's all we've got to do. Bring it into his hands, and then he'll do with he'll do with it what he wants to do with it. We see in this passage multiplication of epic proportions, spreading out to tens of thousands of men, women, and children, being fed physically and being fed spiritually, seeing what was happening with a load uh, left afterwards to, to give out in the future. In verse 14, it says, after the people saw the sign, they said, surely this is the prophet. Surely this is him. And I want to encourage us, urge us in the, this next week when it comes to the small, we've just got to get it out of our hands and into his hands. We've just got to pick it up again and place it into his hands. We've just got to get going again. We want to bypass the small like Philip did. We want to feel the anxiousness in the big moments like Andrew did of what is being offered. We aren't to question the size. We are to open our hearts and to give it out faithfully time and time again and to trust and to give it out in joy, to give it out and know this is ours and this is to you, Jesus, this is what I have and I am joyfully gonna bring it in this season and I am joyfully and faithfully gonna cling to the promise that you will use it. I might not get to see what happens, but you will use it. The small is Jesus's gig, it's the kingdom of heaven's gig. There's something in it. So I want to encourage us. I want to pray that we make sure that we are in those spaces this next week. From our hands to his hands and to watch and see what the Holy Spirit does. I had a picture just as I was finishing typing. It was of grains of sand. And you pick up one grain of sand. I might have some in my pocket from all the shells. I literally might actually. From all the shells that the boys give me. I do actually. Of sand. one grain of sand and the picture I had was often we can feel like our offering is just this one grain of sand. and yeah I just I just felt that the Lord wants to remind every one of us that he rejoices in this one grain of sand, he rejoices in it his hands notice it and uh, There's something in the small. There's something in the small. So Holy Spirit, I want to pray for every grain of sand that uh, gets placed into your hands this week. Every small act, every small decision, every small moment. I pray that we would entrust it to you. I pray that we would joyfully bring it to you. I pray that there wouldn't be any of this, oh, it's only this, or... It's not as big as this or I pray we wouldn't bypass it. I pray we would get anxious with the scale of things ahead of us but we would trust you and we would faithfully bring the small. There's something in the small. Holy Spirit, show us this week. In Jesus' name, Amen.